Wow, wow, wow. What a clinical performance by Djokovic in his opening game at the ATP Finals in Turin against Stefanos Tsitsipas. What a match. We're going to break it down, of course. Before we do, remember to that like button and do subscribe if you are new. Also, if you're listening on a podcast platform, do leave a rating or review. It really does help us out a great deal. Novak Djokovic getting it done in straight sets. And in my preview, I said I think it would be, well, I thought it would be even three sets. Uh, a close match, which to be fair, it was. I mean, he won 6-4, 7-6 in the end. Um, we'll talk uh, quite a bit about that first set and how well he played because he played phenomenally well, I thought, in the first set. And the second set, I thought he managed it well. He, he kept pace with Sitsipas uh, well enough to then force a tiebreaker because Sitsipas was serving first and he was serving very, very well. Uh, and I genuinely thought he was in front uh, in that second set, in front in the sense that he was playing the slightly better tennis. But Djokovic managed the set really well, took him to a tiebreaker, and then managed the tiebreaker a lot better as well, as he did in Paris in that deciding set. Uh, exactly the same thing happened today. So what happened? Well, Djokovic came out and there was no, you know, just warming into it, getting used to the courts from Djokovic or Sisbass, honestly. Both players started striking the ball extremely well. And I've got some stats that I will supplement my my thoughts analysis on with as well and then at the end i'll talk about and run through even the stats for the match and talk about how that may have had an impact as well but djokovic for me in that first set played an incredible set of tennis and the biggest thing out that came out of that set for me was the forehand now they have this insights uh you know kind of statistical uh, metric which they're using at the ATP finals, and they had it last year as well in London. And uh, they're, they're very interesting; like they, <clears throat> they're not the usual stats that you normally get. They have, for example, the forehand. Uh, so I guess it's really a, a metric for how potent someone's forehand is. They also have, uh, you know, attack. So how well someone's attacking uh, in terms of the quality. Um, but really, we're looking at the potency and quality of someone's forehand. So it takes into account spin, speed, depth, and the impact as well that forehand is having. And the metric is out of 10. It's out of 10, right? Bear this in mind. Djokovic's forehand for that first set was at 9.8. 9.8. He was pretty much close to perfect in that first set on his forehand. Now, let's kind of just rewind 10, 15 years ago. Djokovic's forehand was not a massive weapon. Now, he has revolutionized his game to the point where every single aspect, apart from, you might argue, the overhead, but such a not a small part, but it is a smaller part of someone's game. Every single aspect is almost flawless technically. And it just comes down to how does he implement 
the tools at his disposal. How well does the other player on the other side of the court play? Fine. But really, for the majority of the time, on any uh, any surface um, and any matchup apart from maybe, well, apart from, I would say, Nadal on clay, it's really in his hands. That's how highly I rate him and his game. It's such an incredible all-round game. And the fact that he was able to hit his forehand so well and so cleanly in that first set, to me, really highlighted how complete Djokovic's game is. And not just that, but how... If this was a slower surface in Norsal Tan, he beats six, six passes in straight sets. Went to Paris, quicker surface. Beat him in three sets. Very, very close match. This one, you know, a relatively close one. Not as close as Paris. Very quick surface. Still comes out on top. Doesn't matter how quick the court is. He now extends his head-to-head to 10-2 -head to against Tsitsipas. Now, bear in mind, Stefanos Tsitsipas' forehand was at a 9.2. So his was incredible in the first set, but just not as good as Djokovic's. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And what Djokovic did really well is he played a lot more expansive and maybe a more attacking brand of tennis to what we're used to seeing him on some of the other surfaces in other tournaments. He realized that, look, these courts are quick. I can't afford to play, you know, pedestrian tennis at any point. Every shot needs to have purpose and meaning. And to be fair, that is, for me anyway, that is something that sets him apart is normally the depth on his ground strokes. But sometimes he'll go deep down the middle. He will. He'll go deep down the middle and he'll know that he can force mistakes. On this surface, though, I think he realized that, look, if I give Steph any little edge, he will dictate with a forehand. And on a quicker surface like this, I could then be in trouble. And we saw in Paris with the inter-out forehand, um, you know, Steph had a lot of success. Well, he had, you know, a fair amount of success with it. Uh, today he had some, but he wasn't able to make as many forehands. Djokovic kind of kept him at bay. Uh, and, I and I'll explain about that, explain how in a second. So what Djokovic did really well is mix up and be brave on the forehand side. So I think the stat was 50% of his forehands went down the line. And when they went down the line, we can just assume the quality was great given the, the metric I just quoted. So he's going down the line, but with good depth, good pace. And they actually showed that the majority, I think it was more than half of his forehands, he was hitting at 130 kilometers an hour or more in that first set. So he was not only hitting with great depth, um, a great spin, but pace as well through the air through the court he was flattening it out and he was winning points with the forehand which normally we may not expect and that's what was incredibly impressive now going down the line of course means going into Sitzpass's backhand which is the perceived weaker side which it is Sitzpass though in all fairness did hit the backhand quite well today I think but the, the big issue I think is that it's still not a weapon, really. It's not. Uh, yes, he can hurt you at times, but it's not a consistent weapon. 
There's still quite a few shanks on it. On a quicker surface, you're going to get that. He has a big backswing on that side. Um, he ended up conceding quite a few free points because of shanks, uh, which I said he needed to avoid in the preview. But it's hard with that technique. You need to shorten the backswing. It is, it's completely remodeling it to a degree um, and getting that muscle memory in if you're just going to shorten the backswing even at times. The slice, I think he utilized quite well at times. Um, but Djokovic was just really, really good. Really, really good. Uh, because what he did extremely well is not only did he go 50% down the line to the backer and then rush it to pass, but he actually backed himself in the forehand to forehand exchanges. And what that meant is today he came out on top on those exchanges because the spin, the angles, and the potency of the forehand was actually better in quality than Sitsipas's. Uh, today and that was extremely impressive well especially in that first set anyway it was and Sitsipas was having to defend quite a lot on the forehand side uh, we saw the squash shot come out quite a few times on that forehand and Djokovic was just dictating proceedings and then of course when he wants to he can just go to the back end on the line uh, and hit that cleanly and you know again Sitsipas would scramble on that forehand side So that was incredibly impressive from Djokovic. Um, also, a couple of good net points as well. Where he came forward really impressively, showing uh, the completeness to, of his game. Uh, Sitsipas, in fairness, was very, very good as well, I thought. Uh, we'll talk more about the second set because I thought he was even better on the second set. But first set, uh, a couple of really good points where he managed to get on the front foot and then finish off the point nicely with some beautiful drop shots. I think he utilized that really well throughout the match. Um, and especially against someone like Djokovic, who chases down drop shots, you know, for fun, but it's best utilize them at the right times and place them, you know, to perfection. Uh, although there was one in the first set that he played, wasn't quite good enough. Djokovic got there and played this incredible dink, uh, an impossible angle cross court uh, for a return, well, return drop shot winner. And it was just so, so good. So we can talk about the second set now because I'm interested to. to dive into that the second set was an interesting one because Sispas, you know would have been disappointed with the first set, of course you know got broken Djokovic holding his nerve at 5-4 and you know he got broken in the opening game as well Sispas of that first set so to then recover um I guess you know try and pick himself up and dust himself off and go again. Uh, it can be tricky at times, but the one thing I have to say about him is that for the most part, although we, we saw it against Chorich uh, this year for the one of the only times I've seen it from him when he's given up or not really given effort, but for the most part, he does give 100% effort. He does fight. He will mentally normally stay with you for the most part, unless in Kyrgios, I guess. <laughs> but the second set, he served sublimely incredibly well i thought uh, especially down the teeth from the the juice side a lot of aces uh then utilized this short slice serve out wide on the juice side as well um won <clears throat> quite a few points with that and then from the ad side i thought he mixed it up beautifully as well and i just think his serve his first serve is very very good the technique everything doesn't look quite it just doesn't look the prettiest but it's clearly effective. 
yes, it's a quick surface. Yes, it's zipping through, but this is still the best returner uh, to ever grace a tennis court. So <clears throat> it's still incredible performance, and we'll go into those stats in more detail in a bit. Well, what this pass I thought did really well in the second set is kind of trying to get on the front foot, trying to be a bit more, uh, you know, adventurous, I guess, because despite Djokovic going 50% down the line with the forehand, this pass was only going, I think it was 40% down the line with the forehand, 30% on the backhand, which, you know, is a little bit cautious, I guess you could say, in comparison to Novak. Especially with the forehand, I know Sispas's forehand cross is great. Probably was expecting more three points in the forehand to forehand exchanges, but as soon as that first set happened, he should have thought, let's switch it up a little bit. I think he did. He started to move a little bit away from that. And he started to realize that, look, I need to try and utilize uh, my forehand more. And what he tried to do as well is really protect the backhand side and go into out for, with the forehand as much as possible and then go into in uh, and then come to the net. That, that's a play he really, really loves. And he had success with it. He did. Um, a couple of great lobs as well against Novak and um, you know either a winner or Novak ended up hitting the overhead into the net. So some really, really, really good points where the longer rallies, he came out on top and constructed the point extremely well, I thought. But then, you know, he's playing the better tennis. He doesn't take, um, let's see, in that second set, um, did he have break point? Yeah, so he had one break point, didn't take it. Uh, in the first set, he had none. So he had one opportunity to break, open up one. Couldn't take it, fine. Go to a tiebreaker. And Djokovic managed the tiebreaker a lot better. Now, since Bass hit an ace for the first point, but then he went 5-1 down. Now, he brought it back to 5-4, uh, but then, as you can see, Djokovic took it 7-4. Now, what really turned the game for me was, or turned the tiebreaker for me, was that 4-1, if I'm not mistaken, um, not a four one, sorry, it was at three one. Djokovic hits an incredible split backhand pass cross court. Like it was just incredible. Um, pass it, surpasses, fast challenges it, it's clipped the line. Unreal, unreal, classic vintage Novak Djokovic. It was an incredible shot. It really was. And, you know, it will be one of the shots of the tournament for sure. And it was just pure class, pure quality. And it turned the tiebreaker even more in favor of Novak. And from then on, it was just an uphill battle for Sisvas. Because even though he managed to bring that to 5-4, Djokovic still, you know, in control and then closed it out in the end. So, look, you know, Sisvas played some really good tennis. Uh, I think he can hold his head up high. I think he has a good chance against against Medvedev and Rublev, who played an absolute epic earlier today. Um, you know, <laughs> Rublev having to really fight uh, to get that victory in the end. Um, probably should have taken it earlier uh, and done a straight setter, but in the end, had to win it in three and then deciding tiebreaker as well. But the red group 
I think he's wide open. I think Djokovic will top it by the looks of it. But the other three is very open, especially with Rublev being Medvedev. It now opens out beautifully. So let's see uh, how we get on. But anyways, thank you very much, guys. Really appreciate it. Do check out the uh, the Slices Monday Bagel newsletter. The link is in the description of this video. Thank you very much, guys. Stay safe and well. Remember to that like button, subscribe if you're new, and we'll see you on the next video.